Welcome to another episode of the Non-Victim Nation podcast. Today's episode is about adaptability. <laughs> yeah, so Hunter and I occasionally will sit down and kind of decide what the next episode is going to be about. And we were talking about different things, subjects that we, we want to definitely cover over time. And Hunter had come up with the idea of, of having a, a, an episode kind of revolving around the idea about being adaptable and about being resilient and able to change with circumstance, right? And so when he brought that up, that actually led me back to a book that I read years ago, but I thought was that really kind of um, covers that whole concept, right? And the book is called Who Moved My Cheese? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a very short book, um, and I, we're kind of kind of go through this. We've made some notes, and it's a little bit hard to like not just read the book end to end because it is so short. So as we're going along, we're going to be talking about things that are in the book that basically they're, they're kind of like the basic um, story points of the of the book itself. I still think that it's worth going to read because you know you're going to get a much more uh, concise or more uh, linear progression of the whole story, not just bits and pieces as we kind of discuss it. But that being said, it, it is a really fantastic story. It does, if you put some thought into it, it it has a lot of meaning kind of hidden in in the uh... um. Yes, there's a lot of meaning. <laughs> I'm not sure what, what the what the proper word is, but yeah. So. Uh, the basic story takes place in, it's this is an imaginary story, obviously, and there are four main characters. There are two mice named Sniff and Scurry, uh, and they are basic, just kind of simple-brained mice, right? And then there are two humanoid-type characters who are basically just little people that are the same size as mice for some reason. Um, and their names are Hem and Haw. We have a tendency to hem and haw about <laughs> certain things, and so the uh, the basic analogy of the, of the story is that the the characters represent you know people and their different perspectives of of you know how they go about dealing with things, and they all of these characters on a daily basis they go into a, like a very large maze. And the maze is is a representation of basically where we spend our time and and what we're you know what we do with our lives essentially. And the whole point of them obviously going into the maze is they're trying to find cheese. Now the cheese is the biggest uh, the biggest concept of of the book because the cheese isn't actually cheese. The cheese is sort of made to represent all of the different things that we as people find valuable, right? It's, 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 it's very subjective. The cheese is just what you want, whether that's in your, in your career, in your personal life, you know, whatever it may be. The, the cheese is, is what you are striving to find. And then the maze is just where you spend your time looking for that thing. Yeah, so the cheese can represent anything from your jobs, your relationships, money, uh, property, uh, possessions like literally anything that you would pursue or desire in life can be represented by the cheese and and so again that's what these little characters are are after they're they're searching for something that they believe will make them happy 
and bring fulfillment to their life, right? Yeah, each character presents the the there like there are four different archetypes of people represented in these characters. Mm-hmm. And so the the story goes, and again, this is this is a basic bullet point of of the story, but you should still take the time to read it. I think it's really fantastic. So every day, all four of these characters, they kind of, they, they get ready and they go in, out into the maze in search of their cheese. And they, they have particular types of cheese that they're after, right? Now, Sniff and Scurry, because they are mice, they're, they're pretty simple, you know? They, you know, they'll go down different paths in the maze and if they run into a dead end and there's nothing there, they turn around and they go back out and they just, they keep going. They, they don't have a really complex solution about how they're trying to find the cheese. They're just kind of trial and error. They're just getting shit done, right? But then you've got the the people, hem and haw, right, who are, you know, they have more complex brains, and so they're full of all of the other things that we as humans are, right? So not only do they have the intellectual capacity to, like, make decisions, try to learn from their mistakes, that sort of thing, but they get hung up, like, in, the, in their own desires, their own fears, their own, you know, concerns, you know, whatever that might be, right? So their method of how they go through the maze to get to the cheese is is more difficult than it probably needs to be just because that's what people do. We, we make things more difficult than they need to because we think that that's how we all sort of come up with this idea in our in our in our minds about how what the best way to do something is right or like what something is supposed to be yeah so i know i like to overcomplicate shit <laughs> and so the uh the all four of the characters come to a place that is what they call cheese station c and there's a relatively a fair amount of cheese there and so it gets to a point where they feel like they no longer need to go out and find more cheese because they've got this wonder supply right here. So why 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 bother, right? And so the the people, Hem and Ha, actually start to move their homes closer to the cheese. They start to, you know, spend less and less time exploring and doing other things because they believe that everything that they've got is right here. They settle in and get comfortable. Yeah. Um where Sniff and Scurry do more or less the same thing, but not quite to the same extent. It, it, they still realize that there are, there are other paths out there and there are other things happening, right? Yeah, like one of the one of the the, the differences um, that's pointed out between the, the two pairs of characters is that um, Sniff and Scurry, when they find Cheese Station C and you know the huge stockpile that's there, uh, they they take off their running shoes and they you know lace them together and just hang them around their necks so that they're they know where they're at and they're ready whenever they need to go. Whereas Hem and Haw, after they you know get all comfortable and get settled in, they they decide to hang their shoes up or you know put their stuff away and you know they, it's they, uh, they 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 just have a, a completely different approach to it. But the sniff and scurry are are prepared to leave in case things change. They're they're watching out for that change mm-hmm. and so over time you know obviously the cheese can't stay there forever you know they the cheese slowly starts to diminish into the point where one day they they come to this cheese station c and there is no more cheese so the the two mice sniff and scurry they they put back on their running shoes and they're ready to go they they realize that 
over time, the, the cheese supply was diminishing, even if it wasn't super obvious because it did take quite a while. But the thing that they're after isn't there anymore, so it's time to move on, right? Whereas the people go completely the opposite tack. And they assume a number of things, but the very first thing they assume is, who moved my cheese? <laughs> they come, They immediately leap to the conclusion that the cheese has, was not disappearing on its own, that it wasn't being consumed, or that it wasn't, you know, you know... Yeah, like, like somebody had, like, somebody, an outside force had changed their situation. The, the, the outside force had done this to them. Mm-hmm. Where is my cheese? Yeah. Who moved it? And so they immediately, like, launch into a sense of entitlement about, well, you know... They gotta put it back eventually. <laughs> you know, you know the, the two characters, Hem and Ha, are talking to each other, right? And Hem is absolutely convinced that this is wrong, that he is entitled to his cheese. He's found this place, and this is where the cheese is supposed to be. And therefore, he is just going to stay right here and wait for the cheese to be returned. Because that's what's fair, and that's what's right. And Hem, or excuse me, Ha, on the other hand, he has a slightly different perspective. He's confused about why the situation is what it is and um but he doesn't look at it quite the same way that, that hem does hem is very adamant about this is wrong somebody out some outside force did this to them right mm. so yeah and then ha eventually eventually kind of starts trying to figure out like well you know maybe maybe the cheese is around here somewhere and so they'll start you know like moving things around and start breaking down one of the walls and you know trying to trying to find it as though it's still in cheese station c it's just not you know where they thought it was going to be mm-hmm. and then it evolves later on to like well hmm maybe maybe i could have done something different or maybe i should have seen this coming or you know there's to that yeah so him excuse me huh goes through sort of a progression of, of thought process, right? I mean, they both initially think that, you know, if they stay where they are, that somehow the cheese is going to be returned or that the situation will correct itself. And to the extent of saying that they've been here for so long in this place that they've sort of lost their ability to go out into the maze. You know, as they're having a discussion between themselves, Hem is saying, well, you know, we don't know the maze anymore. If we go out there, we could get lost. Right, mm-hmm. and we might never find cheese again. And I thought it was interesting that, like, also one of the points that that Hem brings up is that, like, you know, old well, well, what if what if we go out there and and get lost and then you know look foolish? Is that what you want? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, so there's a few things here. There's a sense of entitlement. There's fear of the unknown, and there's uh, a refusal to move away from what was familiar and comfortable. Right. And so this in itself is is a biological, or excuse me, a psychological bias that humans have, right? We tend to focus more on what might be lost than what might be gained. So if you gave a situation where you ask somebody to make a bet, right, uh, then some there are, there are a number of people that will say, well, if I if I bet a hundred dollars that I lose, that I've lost a hundred dollars, right? And they focus so much on that that it actually prevents them from making the bet conversely you have the other people that think well hey if i take a chance and i and i place this bet you know the the potential to gain that hundred dollars is is great but in general most people fear losing something more than they than they 
appreciate something that they could gain. And hence, they generally will stay in whatever situation they're in, whether, again, that's a relationship, a job, uh, the place that they live, you know, it could be any number of things, right? Because they're they're more concerned with the, with the possibility that they might lose something than the potential for gaining something or being in a better situation, they will stay right where they are. And so, it, more or less, that's what happens to these two characters, Hem and Ha. The biggest difference, though, is that Ha, along the way, kind of starts to think, you know, at least a little differently and saying, well, maybe there is a different solution. And this is what Hunter mentioned earlier, that they come up with this idea, well, maybe the cheese really is here and we just can't see it or we can't get to it. So they, they take up this idea that they're going to, like, break down the walls and, and dig and try to find the cheese that, that is supposed to be here, mm-hmm. right? And obviously, like, uh, as they're going through this process, it turns out that's not the case. You know, the cheese just isn't here any longer, right? So Ha starts to, you know, think further and further out about, you know, what if we do this? What if we make change? What if we, you know, go explore again or get back, you know, get back to work and go find the cheese because it's got to be out there somewhere. Yeah, right? like, like the, the, the longer we're here, the hungrier we're getting and the more we're still not getting cheese. <laughs> right. So the, um, the, the idea of venturing out starts to sound a little bit better every day. Mm-hmm. So uh, he develops a sense of optimism and, and works really hard to envision the possibility that there is not only more cheese, but better cheese someplace else. Yeah. Um, it was a little bit later in the book, but uh, one, of the, one of the quotes that I liked was, um, imagining myself enjoying new cheese, even before I find it, leads me to it. So eventually, Hog gets to the point where he can no longer say this is this is the right thing to be doing, and even though he tries to to encourage him to come with him, him is extremely set in his way, and he's just refusing to make any change. Okay, so Hog takes off on his own, and he starts to do what they were doing originally. You know, he starts to explore the maze again, and along the way, he does make mistakes. He runs into dead ends. He finds you know things that aren't working. Right. But he strategies. also finds little bits of cheese here and there. Yeah, and, but he does, along the way, find little bits of cheese, and it's not nearly enough to sustain them or, you know, to, to say that this is where we're going to re- remain. Right, you can't just, like, post up in this spot. It's, right. It's just a little bit. But it's something. It's encouraging. Mm-hmm. And so he takes to writing, like, little messages on the wall, mostly to Ha, or excuse me, to him, you know, and the idea that maybe someday he'll he'll come out and he'll follow me and he'll be able to follow these signs and, and get to where I'm going, Right. But they're also for Ha, almost as a self reminder, and that's where that the quote that the hunter just gave again. Mm-hmm. Could say that again. Uh, imagining myself enjoying new cheese even before I find it leads me to it. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a, a lot of this that is really deep metaphor, and that's the word I was looking for earlier. Mm. Um, you know, all of these things: the the maze, the idea of what cheese represents. The you know the the struggle to like be able to to go out and do things that are outside of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. you know, to move past your fear, right? And one of the things that Ha noticed as he was venturing out on his own is like he realized that the venturing back into the maze uh, 
wasn't nearly as bad as he feared. Like all all the the, the trepidation that he had before going out, and especially with the influence from him, like that 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 kept him like in a, in that stagnant sort of state uh, at Chi Station C. But then once he finally got out and started doing it, he started to to kind of come to that realization. He's like, oh, this this actually isn't so bad. I kind of like this, <laughs> right? And again, his sense of optimism and his and his belief in the fact that there is not only more cheese but better cheese out there. You know, he he also starts to reflect on the situation that they were in before, you know, and thinking back to the idea that, you know, if he had been paying attention, he might have noticed that a the, the cheese was shrinking, that there was less of it. And also, if he really dug into that idea, that the cheese was eventually becoming old and moldy. And so what was originally the, the pinnacle of, of satisfaction for what the cheese represents over time was sort of deteriorating because they weren't they weren't ever moving away from that one source of whatever this might be right there was nothing else to complement it there was nothing else to encourage more growth or or you know a search for new cheese better cheese whatever that might be mm-hmm. right one of the quotes he ends up writing on the wall is uh, smell the cheese often so that you know when it's getting old <laughs> yeah which so, I think is is a reminder to just kind of every now and then stop and take a look at everything that's going on and take stock of what you have and and be able to assess and decide, you know, should we start finding a new direction? Should we start looking for something new? Mm-hmm. And then make a plan. You know, and when he was thinking about, you know, the idea that they were going to somehow force the situation and and searching for cheese in an area where it just wasn't any longer, right? This brings to mind an idea that people do quite often as a way to make themselves feel better about a situation that isn't really improving, right? And so a lot of times people will dig into something, uh, some project, some endeavor that makes them feel like they're doing something, but really they're not accomplishing anything. So the idea that if you're doing something that is, well, let me say this again. If you're doing something that is unimportant, but you're doing it really well, you're doing a great job of that unimportant thing, because you're doing it well does not make it an important thing, right? So it's it's important that you don't get hung up on that idea that uh, that activity is the same thing as productivity, Okay being productive being you know uh proactive in 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 life and and searching for something better ways to make yourself better um to learn more to grow as a person to understand yourself and you know other other people around you you know these are all incredibly important things okay but if you're just going through like the daily motion of like you you get up you go to work you come home you you do whatever it is you do in your free time, and you're just in this cycle of repeating the same thing over and over again, and there's never, ever, you're not allowing yourself any opportunity for growth or for change, you know, then you you become a very stagnant person, and then you, you essentially are doing what they were doing, and sooner or later, that thing that you were holding on to goes away. And at that point, you find that now it is not impossible, but it is significantly harder to start over again. 
it's so much more difficult to, to overcome the fear and the doubt about what is possible, you know, and to get moving again, to go after whatever it was you were seeking for in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, again, and we're going to kind of leave off there unless you had any other notes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a, a couple other thoughts. Um, uh, just the idea of, you know, not only moving with the cheese, but in some cases, there are even times where one should, in a manner of speaking, move their own cheese and then move along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like, uh, for example, let's take fucking Blockbuster, if anybody remembers that. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, eventually Netflix came along and moved the cheese for them, uh, and then they just couldn't keep up. But it probably would have been a lot better for Blockbuster if they had moved their own cheese, if they had seen, like, hey, there's there's going to be a change coming in this sort of, uh, I guess, industry that we're in. And if we don't change, we're not going to be able to keep up, and we're ultimately going to fucking go under. Uh, so yeah, I think that that definitely kind of comes back to you know smelling the cheese often, so that you know when it's getting old. It's like being able to look around and actually understand what's going on, whether it's in your industry or in your relationships or just in your own like personal health. Uh, just being able to kind of make that assessment of the current situation, and then if needed, make a plan to change it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, another. One of the quotes from the book is, what would I do if I weren't afraid? And I think that's, you know, a big part of what helped Ha get out of Cheese Station C and ultimately to a place where there was more cheese is that he decided to push past that fear of, you know, what could go wrong? You know, what if I don't find any cheese? What if I get lost? You know, all these what ifs. But by going forward and acting beyond his fear, that allowed him to ultimately succeed. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but it's a, a lot of a lot of the book reminded me of uh, a quote from a book series called The Stormlight Archive, and that is "Journey Before Destination." Um, so just the idea of, let's say there's there's this thing that I want or this goal that I have, that is the destination, but the journey to get there is the important part. That is something that truly needs to be appreciated. It's not just, you know, well, I want this and then I got it and so now I'm done. It's like, well, now what? It's like, no, it's 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 all the things that you have to, to, to go through, all the, all the trials and tribulations along the way. Um, whether it's challenges or friends or just new experiences or whatever it may be. Uh, Journey before destination. And Ha kind of discovers this in the book because he realizes that it's it's all well and good finding cheese. You know, cheese is awesome. I like eating. But it was kind of the hunt for the cheese that he really appreciated. You know, needing to, to, to go out and try new things and find new paths you know, make these mistakes, you know, have these experiences, that was really fulfilling for him. So this brings up a couple points that I kind of want to follow up on. And so that quote where where he says, you know, what would I do if I weren't afraid? 
You know, that is one of the most powerful concepts that we as humans need to embrace because fear stops us so much of the time from accomplishing and doing more than we than we do. You know, um, there's an another phrase that I've heard repeated, you know, saying, well, what would you do if you knew that you couldn't fail? Right. So in any given situation, if I said, you know, uh, you know, I want you to shoot a basket. Right. Or I want you to hit a target uh, of whatever that might be. And I said that under no circumstances, 100 percent, you were going to hit that target. You know, what would you do? You know, how would you do it? You know, and once if you if you remove the possibility that you could actually miss the target, that allows for so much more creativity about how you want to get to the target, mm-hmm. how you want to, you know, showboat. Maybe you want to just, you know, strike a pose. You know, it could be a number of different things. But, you know, if I told you that the, that the possibility of failure was 100 percent not there, you know, and you proceeded forward with that idea, you know, what could you accomplish and how would you accomplish it? Right. So that's along that same idea of, you know, what would you do if you weren't afraid? You know, if you if you try really hard to remove that and and focus only on the positive outcomes of it, it gives you so much more leeway to accomplish more. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's uh, that's all I had. That's all my notes. And then there was uh so what was the last thing that you said there? Um, in order, uh, it's completely different. Right. I, I kind of uh, jumped out. Um, no, the last thing that you were talking about. Oh, uh, was it a journey before destination? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that does come from a different series of books that Hunter and I have both read, and they are Fucking great books. <laughs> there are an order of we're going to call them knights for lack of a better definition, and they have like these. Uh, principles that they follow right and one of those one of those principles is uh journey before destination right there are so going back to like the very first episode we talked about the whole idea of this as being the story of your life right i've i remember reading uh, a conversation uh between I believe it was John Lasseter from Disney and his idea of storytelling. And one of the things that he said was that throughout human history, that is how we have conveyed knowledge and, and, and information is through stories, right? Even today, like we have, you know, schools where you learn facts and you learn different things. Right. But the, I think that one of the most powerful ways that we convey information and lessons and wisdom is through storytelling. Right. And because storytelling can up in can appeal to so many different people on different levels, uh, it can resonate with people in different ways. Right. So somebody who's watching, you know, uh, a movie or a TV show can can take lessons away from that. Right. They can understand concepts that it would be much harder for me just to sit down and explain to you because you're not seeing the totality of, of everything that's going on right so like hunter was saying you know the the idea that you're going to go from from where you're starting to your destination right the destination is important right but it is all of the other things that have to happen along the way that make it important that that make that thing worth getting to in the first place right Mm -hmm. 
So going back to the story idea, if there's a book or a movie, whatever that you're watching and, then you're, and you're paying attention to the main character, the reason why you care about that character is because of all of the things that they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I was just thinking about, like, uh, whether you're reading a book or watching a movie, it's like, yes, there's the end, but what you're really watching and appreciating is everything in between. Yeah. You know, without all of the details in between, so from the time that they start, whatever that might be, we'll use Lord of the Rings. You know, the hobbits, when they leave their little village, right? If, if they didn't have some grand purpose, some reason to be doing what they're doing, and so many different things going on along the way, you wouldn't give two shits about where they were going or why they were doing it. Yeah. Right? If, if, the, if the story was, I'm going to go I'm gonna go to I, the market, you know, you'd be significantly less interested in that than saying, I'm going to go to Mount Doom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like in, right? You know, is it just two short guys hiking up a mountain to drop some metal into lava? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, I mean... The reason why we become invested in the story and the idea of what's going on is because of all of the details along the way. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't discount that. You have to, in order for us to to really reach whatever cheese, quote unquote, <laughs> <laughs> we're seeking, mm-hmm. right? We have to appreciate all of the journey along the way. All of that time spent in the maze is for a reason. It helps us develop and become better people. It helps us learn and be better prepared for the other things that are going to come our way, right? So, yeah, it's the journey is what makes us who we are, not where we end up. Right. So, but uh, yeah, again, this is, it's a very short book. It's an excellent story. Uh, Very easy to digest. Yes. (laughs) And... Like I said, the, 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 so much of it is metaphor that you can really dig into it and and try to un, you know apply it to maybe things that are going on in your own life, you know, and how you could think a little differently and make things better. Maybe even figure out who the hems, haws, sniffs, and scurries are in your life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm sure that if you take some time, you could definitely look at at people, you know, and say, "Oh, yep, that that's him." <laughs> that guy is going nowhere in life. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like all things, this is just another example of of storytelling and the adventure, and you know, you living your life, you you trying to accomplish your goals and you know, find fulfillment, you know, but along the way. Being prepared, not allowing yourself to be a victim, not allowing yourself to be taken advantage of or manipulated, you know. Yes, one of the, I guess one of the, one of the reasons that Ha was able to find more cheese was by taking control rather than letting things happen to him. Mm -hmm. He made the decision, I'm going to go out and find new cheese. Right. Rather than just sit in one space and, you know, toil over who moved his cheese. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's all very important. This is your life. These are your decisions to make. So think about it and try to do the things that are going to move you in a positive direction that'll make you prepared, make you more resilient, 
and and give you a, a much greater uh, sense of adventure, I guess, on your way to finding your cheese. Mm-hmm. Find value in your life. <laughs> Create value. Goddamn. Yeah. Do more. Be better. <laughs> All right. Now we're rambling. So at this point, we will go ahead and leave off. But uh, it is just after Thanksgiving. So hopefully you all had a wonderful holiday. Uh, Christmas is coming soon. And uh, I'm looking forward to that myself. So yeah, hope you all have an outstanding day. And stay safe. Keep learning. Keep growing. Remember. The story of your life is being written right now. And you are the hero.